It's 6 Eastern, 3 o'clock Pacific. But right now at this moment, my definition of a hero is the state of Texas. From coast to coast and around the world. From America Out Loud Talk Radio. I want to express our thanks to Governor Greg Abbott and Lieutenant Governor Dan Patrick. It's time for Truth Be Told with Booker Scott. It's all a mess. That is what we have in this country. Whether it's the border or whether it is what is going on in the Middle East, Joe Biden and his administration has created a mess And we're living with it. We've lived with it for three years now, and we're starting to see the culmination of it happening in the Middle East right now. And as we start this show, we should think about the three lives that have been lost in Jordan, in the Middle East. Our military members that have lost their life and paid the ultimate sacrifice for our freedom and our liberty. 25 were injured. They were medevaced, airlifted to Germany. And Joe Biden now has to respond. I'm Booker Scott, and this is Truth Be Told. Thank you so much for joining us here on America Out Loud Talk Radio, or wherever you happen to listen to this on a podcast later. We're glad to have you. And AmericaOutloud.news has incredible content for you all the time. Great creators, articles, podcasts, all of that is available. You can also always reach me at americaoutloud.news as well. In this hour, there was a weekend news dump that always happens. When it's bad news, you can guarantee, whether it's Republican or Democrat, the bad news is going to come out Friday night. And there was some news that came out that the White House doesn't want you to know about it. We'll get into that. There were primary rallies. Biden, Haley in South Carolina. Trump was in Nevada. We'll go through some of that. Uh, later on, Chris Widener will join us. He has partnered with Dinesh D'Souza. And they have started the RedReferralNetwork.com. We'll get some insight on that. Plus, he knows a lot about politics, having run for the Senate in Washington State and also helped for a governor race in Washington before. Uh, So we'll get some insight on what he thinks about all of this that's going on in the presidential race. We'll also talk to Matt Palumbo in this hour. Uh, Matt is an incredible author. He wrote the book Spygate. He also wrote uh, The Man Behind the Curtain, George Soros. So he's on the way. We'll get his insight on this Middle East stuff. So here we have... Uh, we have a drone strike that took place uh, Saturday night, Sunday morning. These have been happening since October 7th. Really, they've been happening for years. The Biden administration has been so weak with Iran that it has allowed Iran, through their proxies, Hezbollah, and also now the Houthis in Yemen, uh, they have have, uh, emboldened them. Uh, to do whatever it is they want to do. And and eventually, one of those missiles or bombs got through, and it killed our servicemen. That's what happened this weekend. And you can look back at all of the things that both Barack Obama and Joe Biden and their administrations have done to be weak with Iran. And now we find ourselves here. And you look to the border. You know, the show Friday night was about the border and what was going on there. We have a convoy uh, that is happening in the country. Truckers are trucking across the country about the convoy. I'll get into some of that as well. But getting back to the Middle East, you have a president that 
probably doesn't even know what day of the week it is. And now he is expected to have some sort of a response. What type of response should we expect? Well, here is Joe Biden last week in Wisconsin when he was up there stumping for his election. Coming up, we're going to vote for this man again, 81 years old. He is the Democrat option. Listen to this. The beer brewed here, it is used to make the brew beer. It is the final. Oh, Earth Rider, thanks what? for the Great Lakes. Great Lakes. And it's amazing to me that those people just laugh. Let's listen to that again. Joe Biden, this was last week. This wasn't two years ago. This isn't doctored. This is Joe Biden last week, the leader of the free world, the man you are depending on to respond to Iran some way that just killed three of U.S. military members and injured 25. Listen to this. I don't know. I don't even know what he's saying. Beer brewed here, it is used to make the brew. Beer beer brew here, it is used, I think. Beer is the final. Oh, Earth Rider, thanks for the great... What? What did he say? And then he throws in Great Lakes, and they laugh like it's a joke. Let me tell you what the joke is. The joke is he is the leader of the free world. Elections have consequences. Barack Obama said it. Stolen elections have greater consequences. And that is what we are seeing right now across the world. We see it in Ukraine, Russia. We see it in the Middle East, Hamas and Israel. We're seeing it at the border where, by the way, it wasn't too long ago, just in October, that it was Christopher Ray testifying on Capitol Hill saying that he is really worried about the things that he is seeing. There are alarms. There are alerts going off. Because one of those dumps that happened on Friday night happened to be that the White House released information on how many illegal immigrants came across that border just in the last 30 days. 302,000 plus. 302,000 illegal immigrants came across. And guess how many they found on the terrorist watch list that they caught? These are only the ones that they caught doesn't have anything to do with the getaways. It doesn't have anything to do with those that just came in and and are wherever. I don't know where they are, do you? The Biden administration doesn't. But there were 50, 50 known terrorists on the watch list. Here's Christopher Ray when he testified in October. What we face and, and what we're doing to tackle them are always important, but it seems especially well-timed this year with the dangerous implications the very fluid situation in the Middle East has for our homeland security. The reality is that the terrorism threat has been elevated throughout 2023, but the ongoing war in the Middle East has raised the threat of an attack against Americans in the United States to a whole nother level. So how are you feeling now? The leader of the free world is Joe Biden, the terror alert has not been higher in years. You just heard that from Christopher Ray. We have a wide open border. We have terrorists coming through. We've caught a few. We don't know how many have come through. How are you feeling? I mentioned that Joe Biden was stumping in South Carolina. Before he went, Gavin Newsom went. Uh, Gavin Newsom is speaking on behalf of Biden. Or is Gavin Newsom running a shadow campaign? I don't know. That has been my suspicion for a while. But here is the leader of the free world, your commander-in-chief, speaking in South Carolina. Folks, um... Uh-oh. Uh, I, uh-oh. uh... Uh-oh. Yep. If I were smart... Yep. I'd say thank you and leave. 
Perfect. That would be perfect if you were smart. But you, you're not. We know that. But <laughs> here he is again. Folks, um, listen. Listen to this. Uh, I. Uh, he, he's got nothing. If I were smart, yeah, I'd say thank you and leave. Wouldn't that be a blessing? So what are the options here? What is Joe Biden and the administration going to do? I've watched a lot of uh, generals on television over the weekend speaking about this. And the options are go bomb Iran. That's one of them. Uh, You can do what they've been doing. They've been doing this for about two or three months now. Uh, As Iran and their proxies bomb us in Jordan and Syria, uh, all we do is respond by hitting an empty shed. And we let Iranians know, by the way, we're about to do this, so get your people out of there. So that's another tactic. But everybody is calling on Joe Biden to do something. And I hope you are understanding the problems that we have in this country now. That Joe Biden right there is a problem. And one of the things about dementia and when you start losing it, I know this from my family experience, maybe you do too, that sometimes people that have dementia, they have a quick temper. They become unhinged very quickly. Well, Joe Biden over the weekend, again, giving a speech, trying to drum up support for his presidency. Uh, Here he goes. He is completely unhinged when he starts talking about Donald Trump. Listen to how angry Joe Biden gets right here. Donald Trump, when he was commander in chief, Refused to visit a cemetery, U.S. cemetery outside of Paris for fallen American soldiers. And he referred to those heroes, and I quote, as suckers and losers. He's losing it. He actually said that. Uh Uh-oh. He said that. How dare he say that? How dare he talk about my son and all of us just like that? You should see his face when he's saying that. He is completely out of control right there. That is a sign of dementia. I'm no doctor. I'm no general. But I can tell you what I see, and here's what I see. I see a man that is incapable of making the decisions that need to be made right now for us and for our country. He is getting military members killed. Just had three die this weekend. 25 are injured. May may God be with them. If you're a believer, say a prayer for them. I am, and I will, and I have. But we're in a mess. Let's go back to Nevada now. Let's go to Donald Trump. He is stumping in Nevada for the primary. And I want to bring to your attention right now that in Nevada, there's there's something interesting going on in this primary. On February 6th, the Nevada primary will happen, but the GOP in Nevada is not going to certify that election. They are actually going to do a caucus. So, Donald Trump is not on the ballot for the primary on February 6th. There was some confusion about that a couple of weeks ago. And I just want you to understand that, that when they start covering the Nevada primary on February 6th, Donald Trump is not on that ballot. Nikki Haley is. But the GOP of Nevada are not certifying that election. They will certify the caucus. The caucus will take place on February 8th. Now, before Ramaswamy and DeSantis dropped out, they had decided also to support the GOP in Nevada and not go and get on that ballot. So they also were going to caucus. So Donald Trump will be caucusing, and and Nikki Haley is on the primary. So understand that going in. The caucus winner will be the one that gets the delegate on the way to 1,215 total delegates to get the nomination for the Republicans. 
So Donald Trump was in Nevada, and he was giving a speech at a rally. And of course, it's going to come to the border. What was Donald Trump good at when he was there? He built a wall. So this border thing is becoming a huge issue for this election. Here is Donald Trump from Nevada. We have no choice within moments of my inauguration. We will begin the largest domestic deportation operation in America. We have no choice because this is not sustainable. It's no wonder Joe Biden and his thugs are so desperate to stop us. They know that we are the only ones who can stop them. They know that. Well, you know all about what's going on at the border, Eagle Pass and Shelby Park, the standoff between Texas and the federal government, the the decision that came from the Supreme Court, and that's still going on. I mentioned that convoy of truckers. Pay attention to that. Uh, I'm not sure what the objective is of the truckers, but in support of Texas, they are traveling until February 3rd, I guess. Uh, But here's more of Donald Trump. And again, he's talking about the border and what's happening in Texas. It's an invasion of our country. On behalf of all Americans who want a strong and secure border, I want to express our thanks to Governor Greg Abbott and Lieutenant Governor Dan Patrick. And the great state of Texas, where we right now have about a 40-point lead. for rightly invoking the invasion clause of the U.S. Constitution. It is an invasion. It is. But we didn't need to do it just three years ago. We didn't need anybody's help because we had the safest border in U.S. history three years ago. We didn't need anybody's help. And that's true. It was the safest border. What has happened since? About 12, 13 million illegal immigrants have come in. There are millions that have gotten away. They don't even know who they are. And those are just the ones that they know about. The result of it, 150,000 deaths of Americans with fentanyl overdoses. We have the cartels getting rich, and we have migrants dying at the border. It's a human crisis. It truly is a human crisis. And now you look at the Senate, and I kind of covered a little bit of this on Friday night, and you start hearing what's coming out of this bill that's going to be coming on uh, on the, the Senate floor soon to be voted on. And I guess there is a cap if there's 5,000 people in a day, which, by the way, over the weekend, in one day, there was over 6,000. So on that day, the border would be shut down. 5,000 a day, that's 35,000 a week. That's 140,000 a month. And this is acceptable to the Republicans on Capitol Hill? It sounds like it is. It sounds like that's what they'll be going for. And there is funding in the bill, like we need more resources, What we need is messaging. I don't know if you saw this. The FBI, there were former FBI guys and former directors, actually, that put a letter out over the weekend. One thing I picked up on this was that they said there is advertising all over the world that the American southern border is wide open. And I've said this for a while. It's it's messaging. From the day that Joe Biden came into office, the message around the world was Joe Biden wants free flow immigration into the country. They all know it. And they're coming here. And on the way, they get millions of dollars from the United Nations, which comes from your money, the tax money. All of that, all of that to say that they have finally filed articles of impeachment for Alejandro Mayorkas. It should have been done a year ago. 
He's been the head of Homeland Security the full three years that Joe Biden has been there. He's lied under oath in Congress, and he has allowed this to happen. And, of course, the thing is, when he's impeached, he will be impeached in in the House of Representatives. The chances of him being impeached in the Senate are a whole lot better now than they would have been a year ago. A year ago, it would have never happened. But I believe it could at this point. It, it, It may. It depends on people like Susan Collins from Maine and Mitt Romney of Utah, uh, Murkowski of Alaska, uh, those three, who knows how they'll vote. Even people like uh, Fetterman, the, the senator from Pennsylvania, he's even saying that the border is a crisis at this point. So when you have someone like Fetterman even admitting it, then, then you know it's a problem. The interesting part, I think, one thing is that the mainstream media is now using the talking points of the Democrats in a political way. And they are putting the blame on the border on Republicans because they don't want to pass this new bill, whatever it is. And nobody really knows what's in it from the Republican side. The Democrats are hiding that information. So now the mainstream media is getting talking points from the Democrats. The Democrats are going on television and they're saying that the Republicans don't want to solve the problem at the border. So the Democrats now are putting the blame on the Republicans. The Republicans are going to put the blame on Mayorkas and Joe Biden. You can see it going back and forth. But anybody with half a brain can clearly see the difference between Donald Trump and Joe Biden on this. With everything going on right now, it's, it's hard to say what could happen or what will happen. Because we don't know anything for sure. And we usually don't find out until it's too late. So what you do is up to you. That's your business. But when it comes to your money, you should understand what's at stake. So that's why I partnered with GoldCo, because I know this can possibly help you at this very moment in history. Go to BookerLikesGold.com to get your free gold and silver kit, which shows you how to get precious metals tax-free and penalty-free, even if your money's still in a retirement account, like an IRA or a 401k. And you may already qualify to get up to $10,000 in free, I said free, silver. You've seen the writing on the wall. I just talked about it. Go to BookerLikesGold.com to get your free gold and silver kit because this is about taking back control of our privacy, our freedom. I can't predict the future, but I can prepare for it. And you should be prepared, too. At the very least, you should be educated about your choices. So take the action. Defend your freedom, your privacy, and your future. Go to BookerLikesGold.com to get your free 2024 gold and silver kit right to now. Coming up next, we're going to talk to Matt Palumbo. He's on the way. More Truth Be Told with Booker Scott in minutes on America Out Loud. Millions of Americans are needlessly suffering from the long-haul effects of the toxic spike protein. Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at The Wellness Company designed their spike support formula to counteract harmful spike protein from COVID-19 and vaccines so you can feel your best. Go to OutLoudCare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. 
Trouble concentrating or recalling information is frustrating, embarrassing, and kills productivity. Nutrition company Healthy Cell created Focus and Recall to boost your brain power. And unlike other supplements that don't work, Focus and Recall is not a pill. It's a gel you swallow with ultra-absorption of science-backed ingredients to help you immediately sharpen focus and strengthen recall. Go to HealthyCell.com and use limited time code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order, risk-free. Love it or your money back, guaranteed. HealthyCell.com, code out loud. Welcome back to the program. Now, a guy that that I had on Our Lives in Politics when I was doing that show, uh, his name is Matt Palumbo, and he is part of the Bongino Report, but he's also a great author. He's written some fantastic books, uh, The Man Behind the Curtain, which is George Soros. He wrote Spygate, just a couple of them. I'll let him tell you more about it. Matt, welcome back to the show, and it's great to see you again. No, thanks so much for inviting me back. Hope we can uh, do more of these. Yeah, I would love to have you on more frequently. See you on Fox Business all the time. So congratulations for that. Uh, you Thank know, you. I, I want to have a conversation with you specifically about what we are seeing going on in our country when it comes to the the protests that are in support of Hamas and, in my mind, to a greater degree, Islamic jihadists. It, it, do these kids, do these people in the, across the country even know what they are doing and what they are supporting? And, it, and I thought of you, and I go back to October when I had the thought of you, because as soon as the invasion happened of Hamas into Israel, that attack, and then Israel started with Hamas in Gaza, uh, we started having the protests first in college campuses, and then it moved into cities. And I started seeing these buses being uh, taken into the cities with all of these people. And I thought of Matt Palumbo, because I remember what you told me when we talked before about how George Soros and all of those people organize and pay for so many things that we see, and it was way too organized. So what exactly are we seeing right now in this country? Well, you know, like as is the case with anything, it's a mixture of people who are just total idiots and people who are, who are evil. And there, there was an amusing video out of, I think, the UK where this guy just asked basic questions like, what is to the river to the sea mean? Yeah. Can you define intifada? And they legitimately had no idea. So there are some paid useful idiots who like aren't evil. But the, the fact that these protests started after October 7th proves they are anti-Semitic because, you know, the talking yeah. point used to be there's nothing anti-Semitic about supporting Palestine over Israel. And, you know, I would agree with that if it's not for anti-Semitic reasons. But these protests did not start when Israel did something wrong. They started when there was a genocide against Israel. So if that's what sparks your movement, then, uh, of course, I'm going to think the worst of you. And, and when Soros comes into this and he has spent tens of millions of dollars over the years to uh, uh, anti-Israel groups, I have a, a list in the book and, uh, you know, some in Israel themselves, but some here. And whenever you see these groups where it's it's an odd dynamic because you'll see like 10 different groups represented somewhere, but all their signs look identical. And it's because they're all effectively the same group. They just are trying to give the appearance that there's this big coalition of people there. And, you know, the Soros people, I would say the evil ones are sort of the you know ones directing the protesters. But I, I think a lot of the protesters are may even know nothing about politics themselves. Yeah. And yeah. I've, I've seen that, too. I, I saw a video, I think it was actually on television, not one of those YouTube videos that you were talking about. But they, they asked this lady, and she really had no idea about any of it. 
It's yep. almost like they, they get involved because it's the thing to do. And it becomes about, well, Israel's killing babies. Wait just a minute. It's a lot deeper than that. We've got problems over the Middle East. And that brings me to another question I want to ask you. Uh, Are we at war with Iran? I mean, it seems like we are. It seems like we've probably in this country had more undeclared wars than declared wars. And if we are if we are fighting a foreign force that's fighting us back, I mean, I don't know if it's not war. It's only in a technicality. But but it, it, if we were to describe what's going on, it meets the definition of war. Now, um, we don't want it to escalate into, you know, whatever the official definition of war is, because with Biden as commander in chief, we'll, we'll likely lose. Yeah, sure. um, but no, it is it is a very small scale war right now. When that uh, when it first started in Israel and we saw Hezbollah uh, lobbing in missiles from Lebanon. And of course, at the time, Hamas was uh, firing at Israel. And I, I told some people, you better pay attention to Yemen. And it really seems like the Houthis down there are causing problems all over the Red Sea and, and uh, attacking ships. And it, it's, it, it seems to be growing more and more by the day. Yeah, I mean, none of uh, our foreign policy successes overseas have really ended up panning out. Like I remember under Obama, it was us toppling Gaddafi, and it, it Libya is now like basically uninhabitable. Like not to defend Gaddafi or anything, but it, it's anything time we really intervene there, it somehow seems to get worse. And yeah, in Yemen, it's the Houthis, and then Al Qaeda has the market share there. Um, it's it's a horrible situation, and Biden. Quite literally, everything he touches in terms of foreign policy gets worse. So, I, you know, I don't see that improving anytime soon. And they talked about the millions of dollars that they were releasing to Iran. And to me, forget about that money, because that money, they say, is tied up, whatever. Uh, it, yeah. Even if they had released it when they said they would, it was like two or three weeks before the invasion of Israel started. Uh, so I did some uh, research on this. I think they made about 60 million more dollars, or was it 60 billion? It's 60, probably billion. Yeah, actually. 60 billion. Yeah. I'm sorry. They've made 60 billion more dollars in the three years that Biden has been in office. So forget that 10 billion. You know, they have plenty that they've made just on the oil because uh, Joe Biden has made us energy dependent. Yeah, it, it's crazy with Biden. Like he know he knows we need more oil because he needs the price to go down, but he can't openly advocate it for it in America because he'll lose part of his support. So he has to encourage our enemies in Iran and Venezuela to make more oil because he'd rather buy it from them than look bad uh, to his voter base. It's an incredible thing. Going back to the protest in the college campuses, I had a conversation with Dr. Carol Swain a few months ago, and we got on this subject a little bit. I guess it was the week after October 7th uh, when Hamas went into Israel. And, I, you know, I had always kind of assumed, and it's just an assumption on my part, my third grade teacher taught me never to assume. She wrote it on the chalkboard, and uh, I don't know, I'm sure you know what I'm talking about. Don't make an you ass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't yeah. make an ass out of you and me. And uh, she broke it down, diagram, put the chalk through the ass and the you and the me, and uh, said, don't do that. So I've always tried not to assume, but uh, still, I make the assumption that our colleges have been indoctrinating our kids. And it was very interesting to me talking to her, someone that was a tenured professor at both Princeton and Vanderbilt, that she said she started seeing it in about 2012 that these kids were now coming to college campuses and the universities 
and they had all the answers. They knew everything that the philosophers of the world could not answer for thousands of years, and they were literally telling professors what the answers were. And so she she made the connection that these kids have been indoctrinated a lot longer. So when we see these things take take over at college campuses and then grow through our cities, it is a very scary time in this country, isn't it? Well, yeah, and you know what? A lot of conservatives, including me, mistakenly thought professors were the main part of the problem, and that definitely would be true. Like probably what nineteen fifties onward. Yeah. Um, but but it, there's evidence that. Um, a, within school, it's actually students who generally radicalize the other students. And a lot of when it comes from educators, it actually starts now in high school. And, and, so, and, and you know, as, as you can see in like the libs of TikTok Twitter account, sometimes in middle school or elementary school. So the, the priming is, you know, used to be taking place in college. And now it's moved uh, e- even earlier. So by, these pie, by the time these kids get to college, they're left-wing radicals, and then it only gets worse from there. Yeah, and that's the point she was making. She said yeah. at the universities, the conservative professors, they've either retired or yeah. they've moved on because of frustration, and the only professors and teachers that are left in the universities and colleges happen to be uh, leftists. And, uh, and like you said, and she said, too, that uh, kids are showing up and they're already indoctrinated in there. Yeah. And when you, look at, when you look at some studies, people under the age of 41, uh, those would be millennials, and you know they want to do business with woke companies. They want to do business. They want to work for woke companies. And sometimes it's hard for someone my age to understand what are you doing. You know what? Well, how can you think that way? But but they do think it's an ideology that that we've lost the battle on at this point. Yeah, it's. I mean, I, th- I think the answer to why they want the jobs is there's they're, they're more cushy and it's harder to get fired if they're part of like a privileged group. So <laughs> it's like the government. Thing. Like if you get hired, yeah, if you get hired to like be the I don't know a black ambassador and you get fired, you can immediately just claim racism. So that, it's it's a very probably cushier experience uh, there. Um, but no, I, I cannot imagine the hell of working for a world company. You know, I don't think you and I could. But no, uh, no. it's incomprehensible to me why anyone would want would actually want to. Yeah. I and I did, and I no longer. I just got okay, to. Good. I got to a point where, you know, my convictions were greater than my paycheck. If that makes I, any sense. I, I worked in finance for eight weeks out of college, and then went screw this. I'm going to become a writer. I don't care if I'm poor. I'll just see where this goes. <laughs> and it was the best decision ever. <laughs> I, I, I'm going to do it my way. I'm not going to do it. Yeah, their exactly. Way. Yeah, yeah. No, that's great, yeah. Matt. Now, you're listening yeah. to Matt Palumbo, Bongino Report, and author. Look up his books. Um, I mentioned a couple of books. Give you the opportunity. Do you have some other books you want to throw out there and pitch? So I think people would enjoy most Man Behind the Curtain. Um, just for all the Soros info, it's all organized in one place. Uh, I have two books that are kind of on fact-checking. One is called Debunk This, Shattering Liberal Lies. And I spend maybe two to three pages just going through random claims. And it's almost more like a reference book where you can just look up a topic in the in the index and see what you feel like reading about or seeing debunks. Um, and then I have another book called Fact-Checking the Fact-Checkers. And it's Basically, the same as debunk this, but I'm only fact-checking people who claim to know how to check facts, and it turns out none of them actually do. So that's the whole book, and it's almost 400 pages of them not knowing how to do their job. Before we uh, get out of here and let you go, what do you see happening in the Middle East and uh, what, Israel and Hamas? How does this all end? Where does it go? Well, I mean, it. 
in terms of just technology and sheer military force, there's no, absolutely no way Hamas could individually or could, could them alone defeat Israel. Um, obviously, if it becomes a multi-pronged battle, then it, which, it, I, to be honest, I guess sort of kind of already is. Yeah. Um, then things are going to get way worse if that escalates. Um, because I, I, you know, it's just. I guess it's being kind of repetitive here, but but what has Biden touched in the Middle East that got better? So, you know, I just can't, uh, I don't want to think about what's going to happen if that, if that happens, I suppose. I've lost count on how many attacks uh, in, in the Iranians have made on our bases, our people in Iraq. It's over 150 since October 7th. And every time we respond to them, we uh, blow up something that has nothing in it, a storage right. building. <laughs> Uh, yeah. And and I guess there's a part of me that understands that, that they don't want to escalate. But at the same time, how long do they just let them continue to bomb our things and our people? I mean, their answer, I guess, is forever. You know, my, yeah. mine would be once and then, you know, we'll end it. I mean, you, you probably recall, well, I, I mean, it's not like I was there, but I read about it, that when Reagan took office, Within a cut, he like took a told Iran hand over the hostages of old Nuki, who took a nap, and then they were freed. Like that's that's what solves these problems, and Biden is never going to do that. So yeah, I had an uncle who's now no longer with us. His answer to everything in the Middle East was just nuke them. <laughs> he he was wanting to nuke everybody all the time, but we, we, if only if only we had like a really controlled way of doing it, like a really humane way. But yeah, you know, not, yeah. oh well. <laughs> one, one other thing before you get out of here, yeah. The um, Bongino report the other day, I oh. saw Dan doing a story about Julie Kelly and her observation about Kamala Harris on January fifth and the bomb. Uh, the bombs at the RNC and the DNC. And I thought that was very astute what Julie said. Were you working on that behind the scenes? No, actually, no, I I don't think I saw the clip, actually. Like, I knew she was on, but I didn't have time to watch it yet. I had it bookmarked. Yeah. Well, you know, those bombs at the RNC and the DNC, uh, you know, they've never been able to solve that. But when it's you planting it, it should be pretty easy to solve. And I have been uneasy forever since the bombing in Nashville on Christmas Day in 2020 that blew up a supercomputer building, the AT&T building on 2nd Avenue. And when I look back at that one, I was uneasy to begin with because I've never seen the FBI solve anything in three or four weeks. <laughs> and and that's what they were able to do with that one. And it was odd to me that the they found a fingernail of the lizard guy that they said was in the RV that blew up. And uh, that was the end of it. So um, I don't know. Do you have any thoughts on what Julie Kelly said as far as Kamala Harris? Well, you know, it, it's. With the FBI not being able to find them, I mean, that's basically impossible because they found every single possible person they could on January 6th. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I, I didn't hear her exact comments about Harris, but she obviously had to have been in on it. And apparently some of the cops did, too, because I think it was Tucker um, and Darren Beatty pointed out when they after they found the bomb, they just treated it like they found, like, you know, a piece of garbage on the street. There was no urgency of, oh, my God, we're around a bomb. We need a bomb squad. They all just kind of huddled around it. So they clearly knew it was BS. And, you know, it, it's I, I don't know. I guess we can only hope that one of them, like, leaks it or speaks out or something. Yeah. Uh, Matt Palumbo, thank you very much. Uh, go buy his books. Check out his work on the Bongino Report. Matt, thank you. Thank you, sir. Have a good one.
And I look forward to having Matt Palumbo back every week here on The Truth Be Told. And let me go back and clean up some of that Kamala Harris uh, part of that. Uh, what was alleged is that Kamala Harris was at the DNC on January 5th. And, and obviously, she is about to be the Vice President of the United States. At that point, she would have Secret Service all around her. How did the Secret Service with Kamala Harris go there and no one noticed the bomb? And maybe it shouldn't come as a surprise that the Secret Service didn't see it, the way things are in Washington, D.C. and our federal government. Kyle Becker is a former producer at Fox News, but he has a great news organization now. He's a great writer. If you follow him on Twitter, you probably already know that. It's Kyle N. A. Becker is where you can follow him on Twitter or X. And he put this out over the weekend. The J6 pipe bomb threats were, quote, the backup plan. The DNC and RNC pipe bomb threats were the backup plan in the plot to frame Donald Trump and his supporters for an insurrection on January 6th. They would have been a secondary justification to adjourn the Congress and suspend the election objections should the manufactured riots not materialize as expected. In fact, the RNC-DNC pipe bomb threats led to the evacuation of the Cannon Building and a Library of Congress building. And that was no accident, he says. Despite the pipe bombs, which appear to be non-functional because they lack batteries and appear much like FBI training pipe bombs, interesting, sitting at the RNC and DNC headquarters for approximately 17 hours, and no one came across them, including the Secret Service with Kamala Harris. They were both discovered within 30 minutes of Speaker Nancy Pelosi beginning the election certification in Congress. Interesting timing. Tie it all together. Connect those dots. Well, we've got Chris Widener. He's coming up next right here. Stay here. Fiction becomes a religion. Places where nothing is clear. Sanity and reason just disappear. Chairman, there are multiple members that could yield you time. I would ask that you... I will have you physically removed from this meeting if you don't stop. Truth in minutes on America Out Loud Talk Radio. Cofix RX nasal solution has completed the circle and is now offering throat spray with povidone iodine. That completes the protocol doctors like Peter McCullough recommend. If staying healthy is important, you'll want to make sure to add throat spray to your next order of Cofix RX. For a limited time and exclusive for America Out Loud listeners only, you can save 25% off your entire order. Let's double down against colds, flu, strep, RSV, HRV, COVID, and more. Click the banner or go to America Out Loud shop to get 25% off your entire order. Use coupon code OUTLOUD25. That's coupon code OUTLOUD25. 
Cardiovascular disease is the leading cause of death and disability. Lifestyle changes are critical, but you can also support your heart with concentrated nutrients. Healthy Cell created heart and vascular health to support cholesterol and blood pressure with CoQ10, vitamin K2, resveratrol, and soluble fiber. And Healthy Cell's not a pill, it's a patent-pending gel you swallow. Get heart healthy. Go to HealthyCell.com and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. HealthyCell.com, code OUTLOUD for 25% off. I'm so confused. I don't know what to do. I'm afraid of going to the hospital. My doctor tells me nutrition doesn't work. Trust is earned. We are the Energetic Health Institute, and we want to earn your trust. Natural medicine, holistic nutrition, detoxification, fasting, cellular healing, and so much more. Remember, the best way to be free is to be healthy. So stop being a patient and start being a student at energetichealthinstitute.org. Now, George Washington once encouraged us to animate and encourage each other and show the whole world that a free man contending for liberty on his own ground is superior to any slavish mercenary on earth. That's exactly what we do, as you'll see when you visit AmericaOutloud.news. Now is our time, my fellow Americans. America Out Loud Talk Radio. Liberty and justice for all. Welcome back to Truth Be Told. I am Booker Scott. Do you have a case of the Mondays? Here we are Monday. It, it seems like it's the worst day of the week all the time. Some people don't look at it that way, but I'm going to try to make it a little bit better now by bringing on a guest that's trying to make a difference on the conservative side of things. You know, we see the the left and the liberals and the Democrats are so organized and have everything going. We see woke uh, corporations that uh, are, are taking the most advantage of the situation with the mob ruling this country. But then we see conservatives being canceled, uh, whether it's the bank account, whether it's their business or whatever. So what this next guest, his name is Chris Widener, and he, along with Dinesh D'Souza, have partnered to come up with an idea of networking together with conservatives. I think it's a great idea. Uh, Chris was on my old show, Our Lives in Politics, which was on the weekend. But here we are during the week in primetime, and I think uh, it's worth him being back here to share what he and Dinesh D'Souza are doing. Chris, welcome to Truth Be Told. Hey, Booker, thanks for having me. I'm glad to have you back. And if you could just tell everyone a little bit about what you're trying to accomplish, exactly what this is, because it's a little bit different than some of the things that are out there. Because when I had you on last time, some people said, well, it's like this. And no, it's not, because it's more like a business network. And I think that's important to make that distinction. Yeah, for sure. There's a lot of um, there's a lot of like directories online where you can pay to have your business registered, yeah. and then if people are looking for consumer business, and that's all great. That's that's fantastic, and it does a certain job. Ours is a little bit u- more unique in that we are building out local groups of conservative business people, whether they own the business, they're an entrepreneur, they're just in charge of business development for their company, whatever. Uh, we're building out small groups 
of local business people who meet together every week for the specific reason to get to know each other, get to know the other people's businesses, and then refer them the business. And this has been done by a lot of, uh, of organizations. The sort of the, the gold standard is, has for 30 years been a company called BNI, Business Networking mm-hmm. International. Yeah. And BNI has 8,000 groups in America. And the last statistics I saw, I think from two years ago, they passed $1.87 billion of business to each other. Now, imagine if we build out conservative groups and we took $1.87 billion out of the hands of the left and into the hands of uh, right-thinking business people. And so that's really the the goal of what we're trying to accomplish. And I'd like to give your your listeners uh, something to think about. We as conservatives are really good at boycotting big companies. Yeah. We, we get upset and we're like, I'm never buying Bud Light again. I'm never going to Target again, or I'm never going to Starbucks again. And that's great. If, if they're not doing what you need them to do, or they take a position you don't like, I always say they are entitled to their opinions, but they are not entitled to our money. And so we're very good at boycotting them. And what we do, though, if you think about it, and there's some there's something we need to think about here. We say to Starbucks, I'm never going to Starbucks again. And then we go to the local coffee shop. Question, do you know what the owner of your local coffee shop, uh, what his or her politics are? Chances are they are also giving to left-wing organizations and politicians. And here's the statistic that people need to keep in mind. Eight times more money is given to political organizations and politicians by individuals and small businesses than by big businesses. So you're actually, by switching from Starbucks to a local liberally owned coffee shop, you are more likely going to get that money into the hands of the left organizations and politicians than if you kept going to Starbucks. So the idea is, is let's starve the leftist businesses locally of the money and give that money to local conservative businesses, business owners, and and business people. I think it's a great idea. I've never thought about that before, about, uh, yeah, where are you going with your money? You cancel this business, but now what are you doing with it? And I think that's a great point. Um, where do people go to find out information about that? I gave the website. I'm going to do it again. RedReferralNetwork.com. Where are you guys in the process now? If someone goes there, they sign up, and then what happens? Yeah, so we are actually, uh, we've been in pre-launch. We have thousands and thousands of people who've already registered for free. You can register for free as a free member, but then to join the local groups, that's when there's a a monthly due. But other than that, you can join at redreferralnetwork.com and we are launching the full-blown website this week. There there is our landing page and a way to register currently. The whole thing is going to be launched this weekend. And here's the cool thing. When you go through the registration process, people can say, I just want to be in a group or they want to know about leadership. I've been training hundreds of leaders over the last uh, over the last two months in during pre-launch. People say, I want to be a leader. We put them into, I do 12 leadership trainings a month for people to drop in and learn how to build a group. We stay with those leaders. If they launch a group, we stay with those leaders as long as they need us, as long as they need help, all those kinds of things. But here's the cool thing. When people register, let's say you you don't want to necessarily lead a group, but you come in and you register, you put in your zip code when you register because we want to know who you are. And you put your zip code in. As soon as you press enter, two things happen. The leader, any leader or any group within 50 miles of your zip code 
will be notified that you have registered and they will reach out to you and invite you to a group. Also, at the same time, you will be given a list of all groups that are going within 50 miles of your zip code. So we're helping drive conservatives together using the technology that we've built by a, a heavy-duty, robust zip code calculator that drives people together and lets them know all about the groups that are local, and it lets the local leaders know that new people have registered within 50 miles of their zip code. And we're going to get back to this subject in a few minutes, but while I have you, since you have uh, such a rich political history, uh, Chris ran for the Senate in Washington, also helped in a governor race in the state of Washington. Uh, I, I want to get your opinion on something that I heard Brian Kilmeade say last week on Fox and Friends one morning, and I had not heard this put out before, but when he said it, I really started thinking about it. It has to do with the primaries that we are going through now with Nikki Haley and Donald Trump, and a lot of people are, are pushing Nikki Haley to get out. We see it from the Republican Party, Ronna McDaniel, and we're seeing it for, from others. But he made the point that as long as she stays in the race, it's really a commercial for Donald Trump because they are forcing, he would be forcing as long as Nikki Haley's in the race for CNN and MSNBC and the mainstream media to continue to report that Donald Trump is winning all of these primaries. Uh, he, he's the only person to ever win Iowa and New Hampshire. So it was Anderson Cooper that had to choke that down and say that in front of that audience. So I, I thought, well, that's that. I don't know if Brian Kilmeade came up with that, but I'm going to attribute to him because that's where I heard it. I thought that was pretty smart. Is if she gets yeah. out of the race, if she gets out of the race, all of a sudden the indictments are the story again. Yeah, it's interesting when you said Brian Kilmeade said. I thought to myself, well, this is going to be interesting because <laughs> about half the time Brian is right, and about half the time he's off. Well, office. I mean, a lot of us are that way, right? <laughs> right, but I'll tell you, it, I hadn't thought about that, and it does make sense. I, I certainly think it it doesn't outweigh all the reasons why Nikki should get out, but uh, I think it actually not only keeps it front and center because they have to keep reporting that he beat her, yeah. but I think it also continues to give him. A, a great contrast, his message to her message. I mean, she is so in lockstep. I mean, Liz Cheney endorsed her today and told her to stay in the race. I mean, it's such a great contrast between the old neocon part of the party, the establishment part of the party, and the populist part of the party uh, with strong conservative and libertarian bents. And so I think that's another benefit. But I, I certainly think in the grand scheme of things, her getting out, Everybody getting behind Trump and letting all that money flow into his coffers is going to be a lot better for us in the long run. So coming out of Iowa, and you just mentioned it, that Nikki Haley kind of shows who the neocons, the establishment is, who the old guard Republican Party is. Even though she continues to say, I'm not establishment, everything she does, all of her actions and everything that she says reflects differently. And again, coming out of Iowa, you had 81% of the vote go for Ramaswamy, DeSantis, and Donald Trump. So all MAGA or America first perceived type of candidates. And then you had that 18, 19% for Nikki Haley, which I think is representative of, as you just mentioned, the populist movement here in the country. Do you believe that that 18% is ever going to come around so that we can overwhelm any type of cheating that the Democrats may come up with for 24? Ah, 
I got to tell you, I have to sigh when you ask that question <laughs> because I, I know some, I have good friends, uh, like a former congressman who is anti-Trump. Yeah. Never, he, he said, I will never vote for Trump, Republican congressman. Yeah. And I, I just have to hope, I have to hope beyond all hope that when push comes to shove, these folks, these grown adult men and women will say, sometimes you don't have a choice. You ever gone to a you ever gone to a dinner and uh, and they're like, well, you can have this or you can have that. And you kind of go, eh, I don't want really either one of them. But you're starving. You have to yeah. pick one. Sometimes as an adult, you have to make a choice between two choices that you might not necessarily prefer. As you and I did, Booker, probably I'm guessing you and I did every time we voted for the McCain's and the Romneys and you know, I, I posted yesterday and said, you know, there th- all these never Trumpers. There was never a never McCainer or a never Romneyer list of people. We are the loyal people. We didn't get who we wanted, but we signed up and we voted for him anyway because the, it's better than the alternative. I can't imagine that people would actually get into that voting booth and say, I hate Trump so much that I would prefer to have millions of illegals pour across our country, bringing in fentanyl, sexual trafficking, uh, terrorists, all that. I would rather risk that than vote for a guy who ticks me off. I, I've got to hope that those people will look deep in their heart and realize they have to vote for President Trump. The problem with the dinner analogy is if it's chicken and steak and there's a vegetarian or a vegetarian there, they're not going to pick either. They're not going to eat. And I'm wondering and I'm curious how many of those 18 percent, 19 percent are going to be that way and not eat. And that that does scare me because you bring up McCain and you bring up Romney and I'm worried that 62 million people go vote. And I think that's one but, reason. But, but, but the problem with I, that yeah. is, is that not eating in our analogy is actually picking chicken. Right? Yeah. It's like, oh, I don't, well, I'm not going to eat anything. Okay. Well, then we're going to, we're going to, you're going to essentially keep Trump from getting that vote that he needs to actually stop Biden. So no vote is actually a vote. Biden. Yeah, and it, and it is. And I think I think that's what you were saying earlier that's really important. And I believe that's what uh, a lot of people are saying, that Nikki Haley needs to get out. And the reason why is because the messaging and the focus needs to be comparing, contrasting uh, uh, Biden with Donald Trump. Uh, let's look at the border. Let's look at the economy. Let's look at energy independence. Let's look at those things. Compare and contrast your life. Is it better or worse than it was four years ago? Well, yeah, and here's the other problem that you have just in politics in general, right wing, left wing, you know, Republican, uh, Democrat, Libertarian, Vegetarian, doesn't matter, (laughs) right? All that money you raise, it used to be up until about 20, 30 years ago when they changed the law, you could actually personally pocket all campaign monies. If you had $10 million after a race and you said, I'm not going to go in politics anymore, you transferred it into your own personal pockets. Well, they got rid of that, but now you can still just let it sit there. I mean, there's politicians that haven't been in office for 10 years, and they're still doing all of their travel and paying for all of their office and all of that stuff out of campaign funds that were given years ago. So for Haley, Haley knows she's going to lose. She knows she has no chance. The only chance she or DeSantis have, and DeSantis, I think, one of the reasons he suspended rather than quit, was because they're all hoping that Trump gets indicted or gets convicted, not indicted, convicted, and somebody can swoop in. But Haley also knows that as long as she leaves, you know, five or eight million bucks in the bank, she'll eat out and travel on that for the next 20 years of her life. Yep, and start a pack. Yeah, they all start packs. 
Yes, yes. It's all about the money for a lot of these guys. I mean, I don't know if you ever read the book, uh, any of the books by Peter Schweitzer, but he's brilliant. Yeah, I love him. You know, 30 or 40 pages of small print footnotes. But the red-handed book that he just came out with here about a year ago or so, it's just filled with all of the Democrats and Republicans who, once they get out of office, they start collecting checks from China. It's 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 really terrifying. And the Republicans are not much better than the Democrats. No, no, it's a uniparty. No doubt about it. Totally. Uh, yeah, it's, it was never meant to be this way, but here we are. It's the way it is. And guys like you and Dinesh D'Souza are out there fighting the good fight. Again, let's g- hit it one more time. RedReferralNetwork.com. When does it, it get started this week? So yeah, tell, every, tell everybody about it. For me. We had our first group actually met last week in Scottsdale, Arizona, and uh, and we have, uh, I think, 20 groups launching this week, and anybody who wants to lead a group or just participate in a group, we also have statewide virtual groups. So let's say you go in there and you realize that, uh, that there isn't a local group local to you. You will also be presented with a statewide uh, virtual group. In fact, I'm leading the Tennessee local group. So anybody in Tennessee who joins, but there isn't necessarily a local group started, they can join every Wednesday at 1230 Eastern. I'm going to be leading a, a virtual group where people can get together, you know, share all the information. Yeah. They get the exclusive content from Dinesh and all that. But uh, no, we're looking for leaders. We're looking for people who want to get together and help refer business. And, you know, city by city, we hope to have 5,000 cities in five years with groups between 30 and 50 people each and uh, just sending our money to people who share our belief system and, and doing business with people who who share our values and we're excited about it so people can go to redreferralnetwork.com take you 90 seconds to register it's free and then you'll be shown all of the different options and opportunities to participate chris thank you so much for joining me and come back whenever you can i'll come back anytime you ask me i love uh i love what you're doing on the radio it's I love uh, your podcasts and all that stuff. And then Twitter, you're one of my favorite guys to watch on Twitter. You, you and I are definitely two peas in the pod. <laughs> Thank you, Chris. Yeah, have a, have a good one. You too. Bye-bye. And as we close out this night, don't forget the three U.S. military members that were killed, the 25 that were injured. Say a prayer for all of them. Say a prayer for this country. Don't forget, tonight at 9, Robin Andrew, After Dark. The National Security Hour comes your way at 8. My name is Booker Scott, and you were told 2,000 years ago that you are the salt of the earth, so be salty. There is only one truth. You've been listening to The Truth Be Told with Booker Scott on America Out Loud.